Good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all of y'all this morning, and if you're visiting with us, welcome to New Hope. Welcome to our family this morning, and if you haven't, please fill in the tablet information. Um, it is a great day to be here and an exciting day during church and after church to celebrate an upcoming wonderful wedding, um, but I have a youth with me, Madeline, and we, she's going to briefly tell you about something that we did this weekend called Unite with the Youth. Good morning. This weekend, the youth went to Unite 2023 at Pleasant City Church. Our speaker spoke about Daniel and our identity and how we should find it in God. There were around 400 students at this Unite. On Saturday, we were able to volunteer at the Women's Homeless Shelter, and, as we, and we were able to talk to, with many of the women and children there. We cleaned and helped make food. We got a chance to play with the children and talk with their mothers. In Unite 2023, it helped us find a new perspective on our identity with God and how we can share it with others. It was an incredible weekend. If you can imagine being with other people from your schools and worshiping with them for a whole weekend, um, it's hard to imagine. I know when I was growing up, we didn't do anything like that. But to have 400 students in one place praying to God and worshiping to God and hearing scripture together, and they broke off into school groups where they could um, learn how to disciple people at their school and learn how to be on mission at their school, and they did so many breakouts with organizations and um, other leaders to guide them in everywhere they want to go, if they want to go into ministry, if they're just hearing about God for the first time, it was specific to that, and our awesome youth group just did incredible at the shelter and they made the day of kids, and they helped the staff, and got to meet a lot of different people. So we're really blessed to have such a hardworking and committed youth group, for sure. Um, and one announcement, um, is a big announcement, is you saw the video for Annie Armstrong. It's that time, and it's a really important time for us as a congregation to support this um, North American missions to support this cause. There's a prayer guide because this week is the week of prayer for our North American mission. So please, every one of you, no matter how old or young you are, grab one of these, do it with your family, do it on your own, um, but pray for these missionaries and these projects and give as God leads you to give during this time for the offering. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good Father. You created us in your image and you made us with a purpose. Each one of us have a reason to be here, to follow you, to love you, to do what you have made us to do, to disciple others, to show who Jesus is everywhere we go. In the in the quickest places that we enter, we should bring your light. And it should be so bright that everyone around us knows that something's different. That we take the time not just to be with you, God, but to listen to other people. Because every single person that you've created is also born into sin. And as sinners, we are all broken and we need you and we need each other. And I pray that this church right now is refueled this morning in worship, that as we worship together in song and in prayer and in teaching that we are energized and we leave this place new 
and we take it to every place we go. And that when our, and our negativity and our attitudes that are not from you start to come in or our nervousness or our worry and fear or depression, when they start to come in, that we stop it because you are God. And you didn't intend for us to be like that. You intend for us to be with you in love and in confidence, security, peace, joy. I pray that over every person in this room. And Lord, have your way with us. Whatever you want us to know and feel and experience and, and repent, let us be courageous and do that for you, God, our Savior. This is your place. We are your children. And you are our God. And the greatest example of love that we will ever know. And it is in your name, God, that we all pray. Amen. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us. As we forgive the ones who sin against us, forgive them, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come, Father, let your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done, on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Let your kingdom come, Father. Let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us, as we forgive the ones who sin against us. Forgive them, and lead us not into temptation, but to live. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours, the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours, forever and ever, the kingdom is yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours. Father, let your will be done 
Father, let your kingdom come. Have you let your, his kingdom come into your heart this morning? Or at any time, have you let the kingdom of God come completely into your heart? Have you completely since, uh, surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ every aspect of your life, every part of your life? That's the question for us today. What part of our life have we not surrendered to God? What area are we still holding on to that we just don't want to let, let go of? And you see, I'm betting that we all have at least a little bit. We may have a whole lot. But today I want to encourage you to deal with that little bit or a whole lot, whatever it is in your life. We're going to be talking about being completely surrendered. And, and as we've journeyed our way through the the, the B in 2023, we've looked at, the, at being still so that we can know who God is and, and what He is. To be holy, trying to live a life holy as God is holy. To be obedient in following the teachings of Christ and being generous, sacrificially giving of our time, ourself, our finances, our resources, everything. To be an example, to be a godly example in the world where people will see God living out in our life. Other people will see Jesus in our life as we go about life every day. And then to be unified as one. To be unified as a church body, as a body of believers together as one. Because as we learned last week, when we do that, the world sees that and it influences how the world will respond to the gospel by the way we are united as one. But folks, none of that can happen None of that is possible unless we are totally surrendered to Christ. It's not possible unless we're totally surrendered to Christ. Or as we've been studying and wrapped up our study last week, unless we're all in for the all in all. Surrender. Surrender your life. You know, in, in our world today, surrender has a, a negative connotation, doesn't it? Uh, you're not looked upon favorably if you surrender. You know, when, when you pull out the white flag and begin flying it back and forth, you, it's not a good thing, is it? You've admitted that, you, uh, that you've given up. It's a sign of defeat, that, you, that you've quit. You, you admit loss. And, you know, movies aren't made about those that, that surrender, are they? You don't see that in the movie theaters today. But in Christ, in Christ, our surrender means we win. In Christ, when we surrender, it means we have eternal winning. We are an eternal winner. And praise God for that. And so in the world, as, as it is with so many cases uh, with, with Scripture, what the world thinks is good or what the world thinks is bad, the kingdom of God thinks just differently. Absolutely different. And so when the world says surrender, it's a bad thing. God says surrender, it's a good thing. We're surrendering to Him. 
When we look at, at Luke chapter 5, if you will, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. We're going to see where Jesus calls Peter to, to follow him. And we see in those 11 short verses where, where Peter's heart slowly transforms from a worldly fisherman to the one that doubts the Messiah to one who becomes totally surrendered and, and sold out for Christ. According to the Gospel of John, Peter meets Jesus after his baptism. It says in, in John chapter 1, verse 40 and 41, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Master. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. Not sure if Peter was completely sold out at that. In Luke chapter 5, we see where Jesus encounters Peter again. And, and this time, Peter is on the shores of, of Lake Gennesaret. And, and, and there he's wrapping up. He's, he's, it's, it's, it's been a tough night. It's been a bad day fishing. How many of you have ever had a bad day on the lake before? I know a couple of fishermen in here. It's no fun, is it? You got to come and clean up, clean yourself up and all that. That's where Peter was, okay? He had had a long, hard, tough night on the lake. And so Peter, he was lost and in, in, in of the world at this time. And in verses 1 through 3, we, we see that. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the words of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little bit from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. You see, Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't paying Jesus any attention. It says that Jesus was teaching, and it says also that, that they kept working. They were cleaning their nets. After all, he had had that long, unproductive night. He was tired, hungry, probably ready to go home. And they were minding their business, again, cleaning up the nets and the boats. And it's been a long night. But that's what the unsaved do. That's what the unsaved and, and the lost do. They're, they're no different than the lost people of today. They, they just weren't interested in, in Jesus. They had more important things to do. So they thought. See, Peter, I don't think, was just convinced yet that, that Jesus was the Messiah. But he still let him in his boat. All the people were, it says, were, were crowding around him and, and, and may not have been sold out or completely surrendered. They were, they were wanting to hear the words of Jesus. They were wanting to hear the teachings. The crowds were large, but, but Jesus had his eye on Peter. Jesus was going after Peter that day. If you think about it, crowds enter the churches all across the world today, every Sunday, week in and week out. But how many are really sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ? How many are really all in for Jesus all the time? Who are really all in for the all in all? Let me ask you this morning, are you? 
on you? How many people are, are willing to turn everything they have, every part of their life, over to Christ? Are we at that point? Are we surrendered to Christ to that point? You see, Peter, he, wasn't, he, he was kind of unsure about this preacher that had come to town. It says in verse 4, it says, When he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, Put out into deep water and, and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, <laughs> we worked hard all night long and hadn't caught anything. <laughs> but because you say so, I, I, I'm going to let down the nets, okay? He's like, listen, preacher man, I'm the, I'm the professional here. I'm the, I'm the fisherman here. I've been out on the lake all night. I know the fish aren't out there today. You see, Peter thought he knew more than God. How many times have we thought we knew better than God? How many times have we thought our way was better than God's way? How many times have we said, God, that won't work? And so, are we any different than Peter at this point in the passage? He said, we've been fishing all night and, and hadn't caught anything. I, I can hear the sarcasm in his voice, can't you? Well, if you say so, I'll throw out the nets. <laughs> okay. I'll prove to you there are no fish out there today. I've been doing it all night. And Jesus is probably thinking, I've been doing it for all eternity. And he tosses the nets over into the water. And it was that decision, that moment, that moment of obedience to follow Jesus' command that changed all of history. It was that point. At that moment of obedience, his uncertainty went from, from, from uncertainty and changed to certainty, from, from unbelief to belief, from doubt to conviction. Listen to what happens in verse 6 and 7. They throw the nets over and says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and, and help them. And they, they, they came and filled their boat so full that they began to sink. <laughs> if you've ever been out on a lake fishing before and they're biting, it, it's a good feeling in it, going back to my fisher friends here. When, when it seems like they're, they're biting, every time you throw the line, line in, you reel one in, and you know your, your coolers are filling up, man, that is a great day. But folks, this catch was even better than that. You've never seen a catch like this. There were so many fish that their nets were, were breaking and tearing, and, and they were hauling them into the boat just as fast as they could. <laughs> hey, throw some back, man, we've started to sink. <laughs> wow. Now that's a good day on the lake right there. That's a good day of fishing right there. But it was with that incredible catch that, that Peter realized that he was in the boat with God himself. 
Is anyone here today waiting for a miracle to happen before you believe? Is there anybody here today waiting on a miracle to happen in their life before you can say, I give you my all, God. I surrender everything to you. God's Word says you don't need a miracle today. You've got His, His, the Word of the miracles here. It says in John 10, 37 and 38, He says, don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. He was carrying out His Father's work. But if I do His work, believe in the evidence of the miracles, uh, the miraculous works I've done, even if, I, even if you don't believe in me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Peter realized at that moment that he was standing in the presence of God's holy and perfect and sinless Son, Jesus Christ. And when he was confronted with, the, with his own sinfulness, when he realized and he saw his sinfulness compared to, to an almighty and holy God, he fell in humility at the feet of Jesus. Because you see, when we understand how truly sinful and dirty we are and compared to God, we are driven to our knees in confession and repentance. It says in verse 5, uh, verses 8 through 10, it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. This is the point of his repentance. He fell at the knees of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus, and said, Go away. He realized, he said, I am a sinful person. I am a sinful man. That was his confession and his repentance. He said, and in verse 9, for he and all his companions were astonished to catch a fish they had taken. They were like, we've been doing this all night. And we obey you, and look what happens. You see, Peter saw Jesus for who he really was. And folks, only when we see Jesus for who he is, are we... And we're able to say, and we're able to confess to, to ourselves and to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm a sinful person. I'm a sinful person. I'm a wretched, sinful, rebellious person at odds with God, and I need a Savior. When we get to that point, we, we are driven to our knees in humility and shame. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever been there before? Is it a place we need to visit again today? You see, Peter saw himself as a, as a sinful man, and, and now he has to decide, am I going all in for Jesus Christ, am I going to surrender completely and totally to, to Jesus Christ or not? And see, at some point in life, we all, if we've been presented with the gospel, we have to make that decision. We're, we're, we come to a crossroads of belief, a crisis of belief, to where we have to choose our way or God's way. Are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow Jesus with everything that we have? 
Is he going to surrender everything about him and himself to Jesus? That's our decision. What are we going to do? You see, it's at this point in Peter's life, it's that decision that's going to determine if and how the Lord's going to use him. You young folks are going to make a decision throughout your school years that are going to impact the, the, the rest of your life. You're going to make good decisions and some not so good decisions. That's why you're together. That's why you're studying God's Word. That's why we study God's Word. That's why we encourage one another in order to help us make those right decisions that will help us stay faithful to God to the very end. And so here Peter has to decide, am I going to follow Christ or am I going to follow my ways? Am I going to continue my same career? Am I going to continue being a fisherman and I'll, I'll touch base with God every now and then? I'll show up to the temple on, on Sunday mornings or am I going to go all in every day with Christ? Sometimes that's hard at school, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard at work, isn't it? To do what's right when the world tells us to do something different. We see in verse 10 there in Luke chapter 5 that then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to stand up for Christ in your school. Don't be afraid to stand up for Christ in the grocery store or at work. He says, from now on, if you're a believer of mine, if you're a child of mine, if you're a follower of mine, if you're completely surrendered to mine, you will fish for people from now on. And here it is. This next verse is, is Peter's complete surrender to Christ. In verse 11 it says, So they pulled up their boats on the shore and left everything. And what? And followed him. You see, as long as we remain in control, as long as we want to stay in control, sin is going to reign in our life and we're powerless for the kingdom of God. As long as we're in control, Satan still controls us. You see, they left everything. They were willing to leave everything. When Christ called them, when, when He called him to surrender to Christ, they left everything. Maybe God's not calling you to surrender everything, to leave everything behind and, and go and do something else or go into, into full-time ministry or whatever it is. Maybe God's not calling you to do that, but the question is, are you willing to do that? You see, that's the ultimate question there. Are we willing to give up the things of the world in order to follow Christ wherever He leads us. They were willing, it says here, they were willing to leave their, their, their job and their career and their family, to leave it all behind. It says they, they, they pulled it up on the shore and walked away. The story of the rich young ruler Jesus asked him to go, you know, was he willing to go and sell everything? He wasn't. 
Peter was willing to let it all go. What if Jesus had said, thank you for your obedience. Now go back to work. I'll call you later. You see, they were willing to let it go. They were willing to forego the world in order to experience Jesus Christ in the fullness of who He is. They were stepping out of out of their comfort zone. They didn't know where this preacher was going to lead them. They didn't know what, what he wanted them to do. And, and, and you know what? They didn't realize how their life was going to be completely changed and how they were going to be instrumental in bringing about the Christian faith to, 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 to us here today because of their obedience. And because of our obedience and our surrender, we don't know who we're going to impact in the next generation either. But we know one thing, if we're not surrendered, if we're not given into Christ, we're not going to impact them at all for the kingdom of God, are we? They were stepping out on faith and trusting the Lord with all they had. Folks, total response is, is the only response God has for, on your life. God's call is to follow Him. God's call is to know Him. God's call is to make Him known. God's call is to, is to be an example. God's call is to, to live a holy life. God's call is to live in obedience to Him. God's call is to be His witness and to give Him glory in everything we do and to bring Him glory in and through everything we do. Folks, will you surrender it all to Him today? He, he wants it all. And just like Peter here, He's going to take care of you. He's going to work out the details. He will provide for you. But He's not looking for partial surrender. He wants all of you all the time, not 90%. He wants 100%. And so this morning, will you, will you surrender your stuff to Him? Will you surrender your, your status to Him? Will you surrender your, your sin to Him? You see, He wants your, your lying and gossiping and, and deceiving. He wants your pornography and your immorality. He wants your cheating and stealing. He wants your unforgiveness and unfaithfulness. He wants you to come and, and lay it at the foot of the cross and, and surrender it all to Him. And so this morning, what's holding us back from letting that go? What's holding us back to being totally surrendered to Christ. God wants it all, and He wants it all today. And let me tell you, the longer you hold on to it, the harder it is to let it go. He wants us to live a radical life for Christ, as, as the world would see radical. We talked about this on Wednesday nights a couple of weeks ago. But, but what looks like a, a radical life in Christ to the world is a normal life in Christ. Jesus would see us as living a normal life and the world would see us as, as living a radical life. Jesus wants everything. He wants it all. He wants it now. He wants it starting right now, today. This morning, will you, will you come to the altar and, and surrender yourself, surrender your, your stuff, your status, your sin, 
to the Lord Jesus Christ to him this morning. Our hymn of invitation is, I surrender all. And listen to these words. It says, all to Jesus I surrender. Everything I surrender. It says, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power. Let Thy blessing fall on me. What's keeping you from complete surrender this morning? Will you come to the Lord? Whatever it is God wants you to deal with, would you bring it to Him? Let's pray together. Almighty God, as we sang earlier, we pray for your kingdom to come, that your will would be done in our hearts, God, to come into our hearts and and let your will be done in our life. We know that whatever whatever comes our way in in this life, God, you're going to take care of us. So, Father, we humbly come and surrender our hearts and, and lives to you, God, and we ask that you would fill us with your love and your power. Because we know that when we are completely surrendered to you, we give everything over to you, only then are we eternal winners. Yes, a surrender to the kingdom of God is eternal life. Lord, however you're dealing with with the folks here online, God, I pray that their hearts would be stirred and they would not rest until they decide to surrender to you or surrender whatever call you've placed on their heart and on their life. We surrender all to you. We freely give it to you today. May your love and your power Fill us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.